Welcome to Support Op Simplified, where we interview thought leaders in the great field of customer support operations to provide you with actionable insights from the brightest minds in the industry. And now, your host, Sid Bumbani, CEO of Sumati. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Support Operations Simplified. We have with us today, Eric Brulette. Is it Brulette? Brulette? Yeah, it's, it's Brulette. Yep. Brulette. Um, hey, Eric, uh, thanks for joining us. Um, Eric is um, a customer support um, I can't call you a veteran, uh, but you have more than eight years of experience in the customer support field with uh, companies like Huddle and and uh, most recently with Flywheel. Um, so welcome on board, Eric. Yeah, thanks for having me, Sid. Um, you know, if you can just tell us a little bit about how you got into support and, and what you do at Flywheel, um, that would be great. Yeah, as you mentioned, uh, I've been in the support industry for a little over eight years now. Got started as a frontline agent at Huddle back in 2011. And throughout the years there, I, I grew into several different roles and eventually managed the, the global support team and, and operations there. And then it, uh, recently, this past February, I joined Flywheel as a director of global support, kind of managing the, the same operations of, of the support team and, and helping the, the Flywheel uh, team grow and scale our, our support team as, as the company grows. So. If you don't know what Flywheel is, it's a managed WordPress hosting company built to mm -hmm. help creatives do their best work. Uh, the company was founded a little over seven years ago uh, with the simple idea of, of improving the lives of designers and developers that mm -hmm. live within the WordPress uh, ecosystem. So our tools are to make it easy for, for customers to manage the sometimes not so fun parts of their job. Right. So they, can, they can get back to doing what they love doing, and that's developing and designing WordPress sites for their clients. That's cool. Yeah, I've heard of Flywheel, um, and, and I was just going through the website here, and it looks pretty cool. So what, what kind of customers are you supporting at Flywheel? I can imagine it being pretty varied. Yeah, it is varied. Uh, our main focus is on the freelance and small agency markets. So uh, those freelancers that are, are just picking up jobs um, as they come in, working with their clients, but also small um, marketing agencies or agencies that are, are working with, with their clients to build. Uh, Build sites. So, those are that's really our core focus, uh, core customer focus. While there's there's always like higher enterprise customers that come in and and we work with them. Mm -hmm. But our, our bread and butter is really in the in the freelance and small agency markets. Interesting. And and how big is your team right now? I heard you have global operations. What does that look like? Yeah. So our full support team is about seventy people right now, and that's spread across three different regions. So, the majority of our team is. Um, here in the U.S. with a large concentration in uh, our home office in Omaha. Mm -hmm. But we also have a team of 13 in Europe spread across four different countries. And then we have a team uh, down in Australia that's in a couple different cities in, in Sydney and Melbourne down there. So um, gives us the full 24-7 coverage uh, without yeah. the ask of having some agents work overnight or anything like that. So the traditional kind of follow the sun model there of having three uh, three regional teams all working together to su support our customers 24/7. Interesting, interesting. And and how do you um, how do you deal with some of the traditional challenges that come with having a, a globally spread out team in terms of transfers, in terms of being able to kind of keep things ticking, um, you know, across across the globe. That's a great question. I think that's a 
an evolving process as we as we go through um, what our team looks like as our company grows. Mm-hmm. Uh, at, at the core of it, it's communication um, and effectively communicating across time zones. So um, every single day at the end of each shift, uh, we have handoff notes. Mm-hmm. And so that's like what happened during your shift. Were there any major issues or, or things to be aware of? Are there any tickets that need to be handed off? So any urgent tickets um, that should be passed off from, from one team to another so that they're getting their eyes on that right away. Um, and then we have a, a core group of team leads that um, really are focused on that communication aspect of it. So we have uh, several team leads here in the U.S., uh, two in Europe, and one in Australia that okay. they're, they're communicating at a, at a higher level as well. So really it comes, it comes down to just communicating and, and like being open with the team and, and making sure that we're not leaving any, any information like left unsaid because it's hard for yeah. some people who aren't in the office to see what happened during the day. Exactly. Yeah, no, and I've heard that from a lot of our other guests as well, where, you know, having a team that is disconnected or, or a little removed from the main headquarters, things get to kind of, things get there a little slower, right? Um, in terms of information or even new features or, or new troubleshooting techniques and stuff. So it's, it's really important to keep those guys uh, kind of caught up at all times. Yeah, it's, it's a great point. I think uh, documentation is key. So training documentation, internal knowledge base, ensuring that as our product team who mainly works U.S. hours, mm. as new features or, or new things are changing, that we're updating those in our internal knowledge base um, and then building any training content around that that can be passed off from the team. That's, that's really huge for us. Right. right. And, and what kind of um, tools and, and tech stack are you guys using to power all of this? Yeah, at our core, um, in terms of communication, Slack is the is the biggest one for us. Right, um, that's how we most effectively communicate. Uh, but how we work with our customers is within Zendesk and Live Chat, mm-hmm. and then we have an internal admin CRM that shows us all the logs and activities of our customers, and that's really where the core of like fixing issues or resolving questions actually happens is is within that backend system. Uh, but I would say Zendesk and LiveChat are the, are the two big tools that our team is living and breathing every single day. Interesting. So, so tell us a little bit about um, your, your customer base. So are we looking at more of a SaaS um, environment where you have customers that, that come in and out and there's uh, some amount of churn? Or are you looking at customer base that has, you know, is, is a lot more long term? Um, in terms of people who are using the product? Yeah, it's definitely SaaS. Um, so a large focus on, on MRR and ensuring that the customers are coming and coming back to us and loving our service every single month. Mm-hmm. While we do have uh, a, lo- a, a subset of our customers that pay annually for our service, the majority of our customers are paying monthly. So it's the support experience and the experience that they're having with the platform is even more important uh, to ensure that they're having just a great experience every single month. So churn is definitely top of mind um, and something that we focus on. But we believe that if we deliver a great experience from a support aspect, uh, we can control that. And we don't want customers to be leaving us because of the support that we provide for them. So right, right. churn is top of mind, but that's the way in which I think our support team really contributes to that number. Yeah, no, that makes sense. 
so so how how do you measure your customer experience i mean aside from you know traditional uh, means where you reach out uh, as a survey and say hey you know tell us how we did uh, what other metrics do you have in place or what are you looking at to say you know yes we're we're doing a job that is really um you know getting people to come back to us because of the quality of service we're providing yep like you mentioned, uh, CSAT is, is a metric that we we measure and I think is going to be broadly measured a, across the support industry. Uh, I, I do think it's a good reactive metric to be able to adjust in real time to what our customers are saying their experience was with our, with our team. Um, but there's there's two other really core metrics that we look at from a from a high level, and then you can slice and dice the number in a, in a number of different ways. But uh, one is median ticket resolution time. And the other is median chat queue wait time. So okay. uh, how long has it taken us to actually get to a full resolution for the customer? Because we think that that's important. It's not first reply time because you can reply back to a customer in an automated way or anything like that. Yeah. But ultimately, the customer wants their issue resolved as quickly as possible. So we, we, we look at that on a, on a weekly and a monthly and, and an annual basis. And then chat wait time. Uh, with chat and any instant message type service, customers expect a really quick response, right? right. That's just like a, hey, hello. Um, they want to know that someone is there on the other end. So uh, reducing the amount of time from uh, that it takes for a customer to, to wait for us to get to them is super important for us. So like I said, you can slice and dice those two metrics at a, at, in a number of different ways to, to find ways to improve it. But those are the kind of the overarching numbers that we look at from a, from a support standpoint. Yeah, uh, makes sense. And and you know that's really interesting that you mentioned chat because um you know that's based on how people are interacting with agents um and, and the expectations of that channel. In some cases, they even expect quicker responses through chat than traditional phone channels. Um, what has your experience been, and and how how are you guys seeing that play out with your customers? Yeah, so we've we Flywheel has been really focused on the chat experience for about the last year. Uh, we took the intentional approach. Towards the, towards the end of 2018 to provide 24-7 chat uh, to all of our customers. And you're exactly right. The expectations are definitely different from phones to chat to, to tickets. And we found that actually setting the expectation with customers up front has really helped us um, kind of level set what, what the customer expects to get out of the interaction. So we the initial response back to a customer is saying like, hey, here in chat, we can handle really like simple questions, but if it's a little bit more technical or involves a uh, much more digging on the back end, we may create a ticket. So okay. passing it to a ticket. So I think setting that initial expectation with customers, saying like, "Here's what you can expect out of this interaction with us," has really, really done us well in the, in the sense of customers aren't coming in and expecting like us to resolve their issue in, in 30 seconds or a minute. Uh, they know it's going to take some time and some back and forth, but we'll eventually get them to to the resolution, whether that's here in the chat or pushing them to a ticket um, because it involves a little bit more technical technical work on that end. So Interesting. It's, it's been an evolution, so to say, and yeah, not every yeah. customer is the same and not all of their expectations are the same, but we try our best to, to treat all of our customers in the best way possible and, and fix their issues um, however they would like it. Interesting. 
And, and so what was the big um, incentive for Flywheel to adopt chat um, as a platform? Um, I, you know, in, in some of the conversations I've had with uh, with other industry leaders, it um, had to do in, in some part with productivity. Um, was that a big consideration for you guys? Yeah, productivity, efficiency, and scalability, I think, are the three words that come to my mind when you ask that question. Um, as agents become more proficient in their role, they're able to handle more interactions at once. Mm-hmm. So instead of working one-to-one on a ticket or one-to-one on a phone call, some agents are are working with two customers or three customers or even some some of our agents are working with four or five customers at a time because they're able to balance that and right. you know. So you're exactly right. I think it's proficiency and, and efficiency within our team, knowing that we can handle more at, at the same time. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And and what about the, the consistency aspect? Um, so you, the reason I'm asking this question is, you know, by the time you add in teams in different locations, you have um, differences in how customers experience support on a phone versus a chat channel. Um, how do you guys make sure that the experience that a customer gets, regardless of which region they're connected into or which channel they're coming from, is is consistent? I think it all comes down to our initial onboarding and training of our support team. If our team is aligned in, in the way in which we serve our customers in each of those channels, mm-hmm. uh, it'll create a consistent experience for all our customers, regardless of where you're located, whether you're in Sydney or in Omaha or in Seattle. Um, all of our all of our agents will will be approaching their work um, in the same way that then sets the customers up for success. So I think it really comes down to us internally creating um, what we call like team norms or the way in which we work um, and training our team that, that that's, uh, that's how we work. And in return, we're setting that expectation with the customer. Like I said, in chat, we're, we're setting that expectation up front um, with phone support. Uh, only customers over a certain dollar amount are able to call us. So that's, okay. an, that's an initial expectation that we're already setting with, with some of our customers. So, um, yeah, I think it's all it's all training and, and coordination and communication internally in, in order to create that consistent experience across the board for our customers. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's a very interesting way of creating a tiered support level, right? Where you have one kind of um, support for one kind of customer and, and then having a more generic or general support queue where you can still provide the same experience, but maybe through a different channel. Um, I think that's, that's a smart way of doing it. So... Um, as you've kind of evolved to this point, Eric, um, and and you know you've you've taken your team um, on this journey, um, what has been you know tell us about uh, an improvement in customer experience that this allowed you to to achieve, maybe a, a story or or a recent um, uh, you know improvement that you were able to drive as part of these changes. Yeah, I think it's I think it's within those two metrics that I touched on briefly around. Uh, ticket resolution time and and chat queue wait time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so back in back in February and March, when we put kind of the stake in the ground and said, like, here are the numbers that we want to go out and achieve, um, it took a lot of analyzing of those numbers to understand how to how to get there. So initially, back in 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 February and March, our chat wait time was about five and a half minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, on a on a goal of like five and a half is good, but we're we're probably want to hit somewhere around the three minute mark or better. <clears throat> so what we did is we looked at kind of small incremental changes that we can make um, to, to, to work towards those goals. So like 
when is the heaviest volume and we should staff our team appropriately to, to meet that volume. Mm-hmm. Like that's a, like a small change that we made, but I think there were just small tweaks that we made uh, over the course of several months that has now led us to the point where uh, in November, our median chat wait time was 11 seconds. And so it's like blowing our expectations out of the water. Our team is doing great. They're really engaged. They're loving their work. Um, but we've made some small changes in terms of either scheduling or um, some some workflow improvements or just training our team in general that has right. led to, to bigger and better goals that the team can really get excited and, and rally around. So I think that's a really cool story of the evolution of kind of where we were at the beginning of the year to where we are at the end of the year and the foundation that that's laid for us moving forward. Like what more can this team go out and achieve and, and do and how can we serve our customers better, which gets me really excited and fired up every single day. Yeah, no, that, that sounds fantastic. So you, you went from, if I got that right, five minutes to 11 seconds wait time. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. Uh, it was it was a crazy journey, and if you look at if you look at those numbers on our graph, it's it's a pretty cool visual representation. <laughs> I can imagine. So, um, what uh, what is you know what what are you doing with um, the the agents in a way that they can kind of use this um, time uh, to to get to a point where they're tackling some of the more harder issues? What's the What's the feedback loop in with the development team? Um, I know one of the things you mentioned or we were talking about earlier was the fact that the product development team is is uh, centered in the U.S. Um, how do how do things kind of filter back to that? What does that look like? Um, and have you been able to make some changes over there uh, as part of this journey? Yeah, I'd say it's a, it's an evolving process as as with anything that we do here. We're always a work in progress. We've made some gr- really great strides this year, I'd say. Um, and a lot of that is uh, lives with our team leads. So our team leads, their core responsibility is not frontline support, um, answering tickets, answering chats. While they do contribute to to that, mm-hmm. their their job is to is to look at the kind of the bigger picture and see like uh, where does our team need to be trained? What are some of the like the bigger issues that our our team is handling on a daily basis? And then yeah, finding the right avenues to pass that along to the product team. So. We have a standing meeting uh, every other week with our product managers and our team leads where uh, the product managers tell us what's what's on the roadmap and what what's to be expected to come uh, be released in the next couple of weeks. Uh, we're able to ask questions, uh, provide feedback, um, allow them to, to use us as, as a resource in that product development cycle. Uh, but we're also able to kind of come on the flip side and say, like, here are some of the top five issues that we've seen over the last couple of weeks, or this was a major sticking point. Um, is this on the roadmap to be fixed? Um, and so it's more kind of fluid and, and agile communication with, with a standing meeting of all of us getting in a room together and, and talking about the, the now and then the, the short immediate future. Mm-hmm. And the team leads are, are a great resource for the product team to, to go to and ask for feedback on a daily basis. And that happens every single day. So I think it's really just building relationships and building strong relationships between the product team and the support team. And also from a support support perspective, coming with data, like data informed conversations and not just saying, Hey, I feel that this, this bug's been, been the top issue, but actually saying like, no, we've, we've received 200 interactions over the last two weeks about this specific thing. Mm -hmm. Is there a chance that we can, we can get, 
fit that into the roadmap to get it fixed. So those sorts of conversations and, and even using more data instead of gut feels to, to present what we what's going on in support to the product team. Yeah, no, and I think that's a great point, right? Because, I mean, a lot of times support is that uh, that first response uh, team almost where you hear about a lot of things uh, a lot earlier than than anyone else would. And then the onus is on you to kind of make sense of it and, and find those patterns in the data to be able to present it to the business. So I, I think that that makes a whole lot of sense. Exactly. Um, you know, and one thing I always ask, Eric, of all of our... Uh, um, interviewers is what is the one thing um, or not one thing, but what does the future hold for um, the evolution um, at Flywheel? And I guess this is more apt time to ask that question as we head into the new year. So what, what are some of the things on the docket for you? That's a, like you said, that's a very timely question. And um, when I think about next year, um, there's, there's a couple of things that at a high level come to mind and, one is how do we make our agents' lives easier? Uh, so what are the tools and the processes and the workflows that they're doing every single day? Um, and how do we make it just easier to support our customers on the back end? Mm-hmm. Um, and then also the idea of, of providing help for our customers when and where they need it most. And so that doesn't always mean human interaction. Um, and it, like a basic question that a customer might have about pointing their DNS do they have to talk to a person or can they kind of follow a flow or a help doc or something like that um, that then lessens the burden on our support team so we're able to dig into more of the technical issues. So really uh, rethinking kind of our, our in-app support experience and, and self uh, customer self-help uh, is really exciting on, on the front end for our customers. And then the back end, really analyzing our, our internal workflows and, and finding ways to, to make our agents' lives easier. Cool. No, that that makes perfect sense. Because I mean, at the end of the day, if your agents are equipped with the right information, that just means a more consistent and better customer experience all around. Yep, absolutely. Cool. Hey, uh, uh, Eric, this has been uh, a great conversation. I'm really happy to have you on and and share your knowledge with uh, with our listeners. Um, you know, as we head into the new year, um, happy new year to you and to everyone listening, and uh, all the best. Um, for for 2020 and all of your plans yeah thanks Sid. thanks again for having me and um looking forward to hopefully collaborating again in the future with anybody who's listening or, or you yourself sounds good thanks for listening to support up simplify with sid bambani of sumati tune in next week for another interview with a customer support operations thought leader